happy early November. This is Vito back again with Fox Chatter episode two. Got lots of stuff to cover. As always, I could talk to you for longer than the amount of time that I have available and that you want to listen. Uh, but I have I have a lot of stuff to, uh, to cover today. Let's start with, I think probably what's on everyone's mind, which is events in in the world what's going on real world and so we're all really tied in with what's going on with the israel palestine conflict and it is most definitely affecting our swamp fox that are are deployed so i'll just say as an overview is keep them in in your thoughts and prayers and uh please give a thought for what you can do for them and and for their for their families so we already know that our people that are deployed with with Tulsa have been extended once, and it looks like probably a second time. Uh, they are absolutely a deterrent force over in that theater, and, and they're doing the job that their nation needs them to do. But for any of us who have been deployed and been extended, no, that's really tough mentally, and especially on the families. So if you know any of these individuals personally, if uh, you know their families, please reach out and, uh, and ask what they, what they need. We also have almost 150 of our brothers and sisters that are over there on their regularly scheduled uh, deployment. And uh, they have walked right into, into the hornet's nest. Recently, they spent uh, a lot of their, their evening in a bunker uh, for what was uh, a false alarm. But obviously that, that kind of word is going to make it back home. So the same thing there. If you know their family members, please reach out to them and just, just see where they're at. Are they worried about their, their loved ones? Are they comfortable with the situation? And, and just let them know, you know, we can never tell everyone when they're deployed that we can guarantee 100% safety, but, but they are in a good place. They're in a well-defended location. They have excellent leadership. Uh, as we know, right, with our friend General Quadri, who is over there leading them, that they're in great hands and they have great systems there to uh, to protect them. So please keep them in, uh, in your thoughts. Uh, I know there have also been a lot of questions of, will this crisis in the Middle East affect us? And, and I can tell you right now, the answer is, is no. Uh, but, and there, there is nothing going on behind the scenes. Uh, but what I can also tell you is that kind of situation can change. But what I can guarantee you is that there is nothing going on behind the scenes. So that's our world news and, and how it affects our family members that are, are deployed. And that's probably the biggest thing that should be on all of our minds because that's what we joined uh, into the service to do. While we are not deployed, though, we are always preparing for it. And uh, as you guys know, one of my big emphasis items is uh, Typhoon Fox. And we've been getting into that a little bit last month, and we are getting closer to a defined plan. So, so I wanted to let you know a few things that, that you're going to hear uh, get solidified over the next few weeks. And, and that's our, our schedule and our game plan. And uh, we are close to having a schedule. We are looking at a super drill. We will have a super drill in March. And with that super drill, we are going to do our first ACE training slash exercise. So you can uh, look forward to that and some regimented and documented training leading up to it. And it's going to be, you know, like I talked about, a, uh, a slow walk and then into a jog and then into a run as we learn, learn our way around this. 
it will be a pretty quick turn from that first exercise in March to Century Savannah, which is in early May, and that is going to be an ACE type of exercise. And so that one, honestly, we it may be a little bit faster than we want because we're integrating with other units, but we're going to give it our solid best for where we're at, and we're, we're, we're looking into that being a nice opportunity to really see where we are. So an exercise in March, Century Savannah in May, that'll be ACE-oriented. And then we are just building a concept right now for another type of exercise that we may do late July, early August. Tie that in with a TDY, hopefully to somewhere that will make you smile and with a workload that also will get you some good training and also make you smile. So that's what we're, we're looking at uh, in terms of our training plan moving forward. I will say as you get into this training for multi-capable airmen, one of the things I wanna stress is it's more of a philosophy than an actual uh, event-based thing. It is more about embracing the idea that you may have to do more than just your job that you've been trained for, that you may need to pitch into other areas. And so my ask of you is as you get into this is to look at how you can help and just adopt that mentality as we get closer to these trainings. We're also likely to see something uh, while we are looking to build our own training plan. The Air Force right now is undergoing some really massive changes. If you were in the ops group, you heard me say about a year ago that the changes that we are going under for our mission in terms of moving more away from seed and more into air to air are the biggest that I've seen in my 20 plus years flying the F-16. That level of change is now rolling over to everyone. The Air Force is absolutely adopting a mentality of assessing everything and looking at how we can accelerate change and how we can um, be more efficient. And so one of the things that has already rolled down and, and fallen into our laps is a, is a concept called RAT, or uh, I think it's Ready Airman Training. It is a, uh, a way of adopting, uh, instead of our what we have done, which was basically last-minute training prior to deploying, think about doing the rodeo and all of the other events you would do before you go out the door. It is a much more uh, methodical approach to having that training be over the course of the two years, year and a half to two years, maybe more, depending on how it flows out but of lead up to your deployment and having, it's not just in the few months prior, it is a kind of a steady pace of accomplishing a little bit of that training constantly. As always, right, it's a little difficult when you implement a giant plan like that and all the details aren't probably exactly where we want them to be. So we're working through that right now, but you're gonna see that come down and that's gonna tie in with a lot of our, our MCA training. Uh, and it goes into one of those things, and I was I was talking to the maintainers about this uh, last drill of, boy, sometimes it's really tough to just embrace something new that comes along, and and uh, for a lot of people, myself included, you can you can kind of initially have a bit of a negative reaction of in an eye roll, but I will tell you in this case, it actually makes us better. It this is the kind of thing we want. It makes us better, uh, and so we're just going to look to roll it out in the best way possible.
So one of the things you're going to hear with the big Air Force changes is uh, GPC, or Great Power Competition. And uh, Secretary Kendall just rolled this out in the last month. And it is a total relook at the Air Force. Everything from do we need MAGCOMs? And if you're asking yourself, Vito, what's a MAGCOM? Well, it's ACC. We're under ACC. And it is on the table to get rid of MAGCOMs. Uh, everything in terms of what can we do to be more efficient? How does the Air Force uh, spend its budget? How does the Air Force allocate resources? Uh, I have a hope that it will lead to an analysis that the Guard is very friendly on the budget and maybe more resources will fall our way, but I certainly wouldn't guarantee that. But this change that they're looking for, for this, it's called GPC, is on, is started about a month ago and is going to wrap up in January. So we're going to see something really rapid come down. Don't know what it is, but this piles on with that rat training I was just referring to is that there could be a lot of changes coming our way in terms of how we do business. So one of the things uh, myself and the leadership team are looking at is, is how do we posture ourselves to accept those changes so that we can implement them efficiently. And a concept that has been uh, dropped on us, but that we are looking to shape to what's best for the wing is what's called an, an A staff. And that's a staff of people that work for the wing. And initially, like I said, like with change, sometimes I give it an eye roll. And my initial reaction was, oh, geez. I will tell you, as I've, as I've thought about this more and as your leadership team have thought about this more, we, we see this as an opportunity and a responsibility. The responsibility is if we adopt this is to not allow it to uh, create more administrative work. And the opportunity is to have a staff that actually implements these changes so that we don't just drop them on, on you guys as groups or squadrons or shops of implement this. And we have a staff that comes up with, uh, with a plan and that you, instead of being delivered with a bunch of papers and told to implement it, you are given a plan for how the wing is going to do it more methodically. So that's what we're looking at right now. We haven't come up with a final uh, decision and it may not affect very many of you at all, or it may be transparent to you, but for a number of you, there, there may be an ask to be part of, a, uh, of an A staff. And we're going after that in a way that we think can really be positive. Another thing that ties in with this uh, great power competition relook is I, I want to familiarize everyone in the wing with, with a term that we're using um, among all of the uh, Guard Nation fighter units, and that's uh, 25 for 25. There are 25 Guard fighter units, and 25 for 25 means all 25 of us are on board with full recapitalization, and we are leveraging all of the power that we have available. That term has been going for about a year, and it is gaining momentum in uh, in DC, and we are we are leveraging the power that we have and that our friends have in the House and the Senate to try to guarantee the survival of the Guard, not just because we think the Guard is good, even though we do, but because we think it's what's right for the nation. So we're working on that. We're leveraging our uh, our friends in South Carolina, and it ties in with what I talked about last month, this push for F-35 and why it is important, but it's not just important for South Carolina. 
we're on board with a big win for all of our friends in the other states as well. And so 25 for 25 is something that you'll, you'll, you're definitely going to hear from me and you're going to hear as an enduring campaign to try to guarantee the longevity of both South Carolina uh, and the Guard. So that's our big stuff. Um, that's, that's the big picture things and how it's kind of rolls down to what we're doing here. How about on base? Uh, one of the things I said I was going to talk about when I when I talked with the, the maintenance group is uh, enlisted development. That's another project. Uh, chief Hartzog and the other chiefs are really diving into that. And, and what I've told them I would like to see is uh, we have enlisted development plans that you guys have all seen. And uh, they are very formalized and they require this course, this course, this course that you need to accomplish by X level to get promoted. And those things obviously are incredibly important. They're primarily dictated by big Air Force and we have to do them. And it's the same on the officer and the enlisted side. We, we all have to uh, deal with that. And to a large extent, they, they make us better, but there are times when they can be burdensome. When I talk about enlisted development, one of the things I've asked the chiefs to do is that I would like to see is the less formalized, but what I consider more important, which is how do we delegate to our airmen and our NCOs to give them more responsibility earlier on so that they are ready for increased responsibility later? I think that's one of the things that we all struggle with naturally. It's very easy just to, I can just do that job myself. It's easier just to do it myself. And it's it's definitely more effort to delegate to that lower level and accept that they're not gonna do it quite as good as you the first time, but it's what we need to do to grow our airmen. And so what I've asked the chiefs to do is come up with a plan with some specifics of what, what do we need an airman doing? Where do we want them focusing on their skills? And then when do we start feathering in leadership opportunities at, at what time and at what level? And then how do we develop that so that as you get to a senior airman, a staff sergeant, and a tech sergeant, that we are growing that level of responsibility and give some good examples of, of how things should be delegated and what we want them leading at so that we can develop them. I think too frequently, uh, we find ourselves, and I've I've been this way on, in my career too, where you get promoted or you get an increased set of responsibility and you're ready to embrace it, but you don't know what you don't know. And it can be a bit of a struggle and you wish you would have learned more earlier. We're working on that. There is a document in draft format right now that's going through revisions as we work back and forth. But you're going to see that coming your way soon with a little bit more emphasis on that. And that's that's something that's really important to me. We develop people and we give them that opportunity uh, earlier on. Other things we're working on base right now is um, administratively, we are looking to help units uh, with technicians. Um, we know a lot of people would prefer to be AGRs. We don't have that opportunity. So we want to make technician opportunities better. Uh, we have money that we haven't fully uh, tapped into. And so you should see coming soon, hopefully some occupational rate raises. So we're trying to get our technicians more money and uh, we are striving to identify a lot of occupational specialties for 10% raises. Uh, and so that's a way that we are looking after to make technician more comparable to AGR and make it a better deal. We're also looking to hire some additional tech in-depths into various shops so that we can bolster full-time manning and we're accepting some risk 
Usually we have money left over at the end of the year that we'll use for various things in the, in the um, technician budget. And we are looking to uh, actually cut that amount of money down by hiring more steady jobs full time so that, uh, and I think that'll, I think that's going to make people um, able to get after some additional tasks. So really getting after that while we're speaking of pay, my personal frustration continues with DFAS. Uh, I just want you to know, even though I don't know that I'm going to be able to fix this, actually, there's almost no chance I'm going to be able to fix this, but I want you to know that I'm getting after it and I'm trying some new techniques. I'm working outside the organization to try to find some people to talk to that can help us out because I'm, I'm really frustrated with the pay challenges that all of you are either going through or will go through or have gone through. And I just want you to know, I might not win, but I'm going to try really hard. <laughs> Other stuff we have going on is uh, please, if you have overdue OPRs or EPRs, uh, we have until November 15th, and I have been pushing this, and commanders have been pushing this, but ultimately only supervisors and the individuals who have overdue OPRs and EPRs can, uh, can get those done. If you don't get them done and submitted by November 15th, uh, it gets ugly. We have to submit paperwork for having a gap. The driver for this is the new system going to my evals and we have to close out everything else. So if you know, and you're the only one who knows whether you have OPR or EPRs overdue, talk to your supervisor, get them done. They must be submitted by, uh, by November 15th. Okay. That leads me to a few cats and dogs survey. Please accomplish the survey. Uh, it's my understanding. I, I can't take the survey, so I don't know this for a fact. I haven't seen it firsthand, but it's my understanding that you get an email about once a week until you take it. Please, uh, please knock that out. We want to get better from that survey. Um, thank yous. This is another great opportunity I have is just to recognize a few people in front of everyone who's listening. Uh, I want to thank the, first of all, the deployment team who got people out the door. So, uh, the PDF team did an outstanding job. Thank you for that. Uh, the LGX team that did all the uh, orders processing, especially so many frustrations with them being late as we got to the XAB. So uh, Lieutenant Bird, uh, Master Sergeant Franklin, Master Sergeant McCoy, thank you very much. Great job. Also going on, and this happened in the background, which is why I want to highlight it, is uh, the Med Group sent a small team to Columbia to help the Colombians with some medical assistance and that was uh, Major Sarah Woody, Major Josh Davis, and uh, Master Sergeant Anna Peak were the home run hitters on that. Thank you for doing that. And then our Typhoon Fox team continues to do a great job. It's so much effort to dig into all these taskings and parse them out. So uh, Lieutenant Ray White and uh, Lieutenant Colonel Nightmare Blevins are leading that effort. Thank you. Uh, and then all the other POCs within the units have been doing outstanding uh, maintenance, I would say, especially Major Bennett and his team, they have probably the lion's share of work. Uh, Sergeant Cooley, Sergeant DeMarco, awesome job, uh, awesome job there. And then finally, the last thing I have is from the comment box. We had a question that came in, um, and that was, hey, Vito, it is really difficult for childcare when we're working on base. Is there anything we can do to get childcare on base? And that is a that is a great and complicated question. And the short answer is, there's nothing we can do in the short term. The long answer is, it would need to be a push probably from Nagus, the National Guard Association. Think of 
getting something like a child development center would be akin to things like TRICARE for All and TRICARE for Our Family as a big deal thing that cost a lot of money. I actually put a lot of thought into this on several drives, like how could we do this? How could we make it better? Is there a way to do it without constructing a child development center? I did a little bit of looking into it, talking to people, and it's just, it would really require a lot of money. You need a facility. You need um, not just people that are on the outside that can manage it, but if you're going to do it on a military installation, you have to have certifications. There's a lot of rules for it. So we would need money to hire the right people, get them the certifications and fall in line with the big Air Force uh, child development centers. And so it is not an easy fix. So I'll just say up front, thank you to everyone who goes through that and, and tries to work to get childcare. One of the things I will do because I see it's an interest item and I can recognize that if one person says it, it's the interest item of a lot of people is I will I will push it up to our Nagas people and see if there is a national push for it. My guess would be they are consumed with the larger things such as healthcare for everyone, but, but this could be something that gains momentum down the road. I just don't have a short-term short -term answer for you. Um, if, if there are something, some things that you think I can do more specifically to help get you more access at Shaw or Fort Jackson, and you can share some stories about how that's been a struggle, I would be happy to pitch into that. I just don't have a great answer here at McIntyre. And so I'm sorry, I don't have a better answer, but I'm happy to help with anything else I can. So please, please push up any specific challenges that you have or any other ideas that you think can help. That's all I have for this month. Thanks again for listening and uh, thanks again for your service. I will see you around at uh, November Drill.